Next on BYU Sports Nation, Georgia Tech football under the microscope. We're all accessed with the Yellow Jackets leading rusher, David Sims, rolling with the rambling wreck in the ATL. When will BYU become bowl eligible and who will they play? Sound off on today's poll question and we'll tell you what the experts are saying. Plus, we roll out a new game on today's show. Big deal or no deal? Yeah. It's worth hearing the music alone. Let's get it started. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. It is Thursday, October 10th. I'm Spencer Linton from Clinton, originally. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan of West Jordan. I like to call him too, Jay. You know, I lived outside of Not the Not Garrett. Hey, did I say Garrett? No, but 2J. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. okay. BYU's offensive line coach. Look, you're freaking me out already. We're like 30 seconds huh? into the show. Are we live? Okay, I, I like to call him 2J, as in the number 2 and J for Jerem Jordan. You see that? You see that clever spin I did. I did. You, you uh, used that back in 08 when we first met. I, I appreciate that. You think we met in 08? I lived in Colorado in 08. Uh, 06. 06. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. start over. 3, 2, and 1. <laughs> Oh, yes. Contention is nice. No, it's not. But anyway, uh, sports friends, wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Great show lined up today. Not every day you get a team's leading rusher on the show. We have that in David Sims of Georgia Tech football. Uh, He gave some great insight into that unique offense they run and just how difficult it is to defend. And he hasn't forgotten what BYU did last year in Atlanta, winning 41-17. The BYU defense dominated that game. Jamal Williams scored four touchdowns. Yeah, the Yellow Jackets remember that all too well. Uh, Also, I want to mention something. Kurt Govea, named to the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame, the inaugural class. Uh, Yesterday's conversation revolved around who's the best linebacker in BYU football history. Oh, that, and that got some serious traction. Yeah. Kurt Govea, baby. That was my pick. Yours was Rob Morris. The poll results revealed that Kyle Van Noy, to the fans, is the greatest linebacker in BYU football history. Recency plays into that. Oh, absolutely. No question. Yeah. And if if Kyle is a first-round draft pick, goes to the NFL, like wins the Super Bowl, he's in the same conversation as those guys. The thing is, with all of those guys, I mean, it's splitting hairs. You have an A-plus group of linebackers. Yeah. An awesome group, which is Govea and Leon White played together. Amazing. On that 84 National Championship team. Go figure. Hey, a friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation on BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. You can also catch our show on demand every afternoon on the BYU Radio YouTube channel. We will tweet out the link at BYU Sports Nation. That, of course, is how you listen, and this is how you join our conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question, a good one today on BYUTVSports.com. After which game does BYU become bowl eligible this year? So BYU's 3-2. and two. You need to get to six wins. Uh, so the third win from now, which would be the sixth win, would be Boise State. BYU won all three games. Is it Boise State? Is it Wisconsin, Idaho State, Notre Dame, or Nevada? Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com. In my opinion, I think it's A, Boise State. I think BYU is going to beat Georgia Tech. Houston and Boise State and become bowl eligible in week eight and be six and two going into November. I feel like every game This left blue un- Kool-Aid tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> Wipe the blue Kool-Aid off your lips. <laughs> uh, I've had someone say that to me this week already. Awesome. Listen, every game that BYU plays from here on out is winnable. 
Uh, and that's not me just being an optimist. I really feel like BYU matches up well with every opponent they have left on the schedule, even Wisconsin and Notre Dame. Because the defense is so front-heavy, the defense, is, uh, the front seven is so good, so talented, I feel like just like last year, BYU will have a chance to win every game. I don't feel like they're going to give up 42 points because I don't feel like they face an offense that had the caliber of players that Oregon State did last year. BYU almost beat and should have beat the number two team in the country on the road last year at Notre Dame. I was there. You were there. It should have happened. And that's an inferior offensive team. The defense is close to being what it was last year. If, if not the same. The stats aren't the same per se, but the points per game are around the same. And so BYU's got a chance. They've got a chance in every game they play the rest of the year. Some people might say, well, who says that they even become bowl eligible? Well, we're channeling optimism today. That means BYU would have to lose two of their next seven. Or only win two of their next seven. They'd have to go two and five to not be bowl eligible. They're going to go to a bowl game. Yeah. It's going to happen. Craft gonna, fight hunger. That is going to happen. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Preparing for a unique offense. Here's BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall. My first year at New Mexico, I think we got beat 56-3 to three or something by Air Force, and I had no idea what was going on with the option. And So it became kind of a project um, after that to learn more about it. But I I like the challenge. And so it'll be hard to do again. Um, Last year, they didn't convert a third down. And so we only played like 48 plays. And so that hardly ever happens when you're playing option defense. I'd say that Bronco Mendenhall has taken that challenge head on and done very well. You want some stats? Oh, absolutely. Bronco Mendenhall versus uh, Air Force and Georgia Tech uh, as a head coach. So teams that ran... That run the option heavily. Traditionally, two of the top five rushing offenses in the country. Yes. Georgia Tech, by the way, here's a stat. Since 2008, when head coach Paul Johnson took over, who will join us tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, no one's rushed for more yards in the NCAA than Georgia Tech since 2008. Bronco Mendenhall is 6-1 and one against Air Force and Georgia Tech since 2005 as the head coach of BYU, allowing 23 points per game. Against Georgia Tech, specifically as a defensive coordinator, 03 and 2012, 2-0, 15 points allowed per game. Bronco Mendenhall knows how to defend the option. Uh, he has taken that. Like, he learned from a tough experience. First time he was the defensive coordinator at New Mexico against Air Force. Like I said, he gave up 56 points. At that point, he was like, okay, that's not happening again. And BYU did give up 41 to Air Force uh, a couple years ago, but BYU scored 62. Yeah, they scored 62. Curtis, I think it was Brown, Curtis Brown went nuts in that game. Oh, 06. 06, yeah. yeah. I remember Curtis Brown ran wild against Air Force that day. So, BYU now matching up with Georgia Tech again. The Yellow Jackets are going to come in with the cliche chip on their shoulder. We remember what you did to us in Atlanta last year, holding our offense under 150 yards rushing. 117. 0 for 10 on third down. 117. Georgia Tech rushing 117 on their home field. You're like, how do they score points? Well, they had a kickoff return for a touchdown. And a pick six. And a pick six. That team managed a field goal on their home field against the BYU defense. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous Let's get stuff. a rise and shout to the BYU defense retroactively. <laughs> nice call. We joined uh, David, or David Nixon rather, joined our show yesterday. And he knows a thing or two about BYU defense and how to defend the option. He had this to say. 
these type of game weeks, we throw out, uh, when I say we, the BYU defense throws out their entire playbook. Um, and they go in and Coach Minhall inst- installs an entire new defense just for this uh, game. I thought that was a really interesting I didn't realize that. Yeah, I had no idea. They throw out the entire playbook and have a brand new scheme. Well, it's not brand makes, new makes now, sense. but it's, yeah. it's a different scheme entirely. So assignment-based, and BYU has been extremely assignment sound, which is why the defense has been so successful. Yeah, and one of those guys that uh, BYU will be challenged against is David Sims, the leading rusher for Georgia Tech. Uh, it's not often you get a guy that hasn't lost a yard who's your leading rusher. Jamal Williams is unique that way. He's lost a couple of yards, maybe two carries where he had negative rushing yards. But David Sims is good. He's going to be on BYU Sports Nation later on the show. Yeah, the quote-unquote uh, downfield runner. I mean, he just doesn't run side-to-side side a whole lot, David Sims. So, And you're, you're right, like Jamal Williams, physical running downhill, and that's why he doesn't lose yards. Topic two. Bowl opponent projections. So BYU slated to participate in the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl December 27th on ESPN versus the Pac-12 number six team. Now, if the Pac-12 was one one division, no no division, I guess, it'd be easier to kind of speculate as to who that team might be. But Yahoo, ESPN, Bleacher Report, all these guys are saying, everyone said either USC or Oregon State. What do you think of those matchups? I like them both. I like them both. I like USC more than Oregon State because Sean Mannion scares me as a quarterback. He's He's talent, man. You saw him, if you watched the Utah-Oregon State game, that dude can play. Projected to say USC or Oregon State. So, you, yeah, I'm with you. I think it'd be a fun matchup against Oregon State, although that is uh, that is uh, the weakest part of the BYU defense. I don't think they're weak, but I think it's the weakest part, uh, obviously, due to injury, the BYU cornerbacks. But BYU's defense, that'd be a unique challenge. BYU hasn't faced a ton of superior passing teams recently. Uh, so that'd be fun. USC, it's a name. Like in ten years, I'm not going to remember that USC was downtrodden that year. I'm just going to remember that BYU played USC, and if they won, that BYU won the game. Well, I you, like both those matchups. USC is is an interesting case right now, given that they fired their head coach, so they, they can go. They could rise and not be in that game. Exactly. The number six. The Pac-12 is really strong, though. It could be a eight or nine win team. There's going to be that many, I think, out of the Pac-12. I can think of three ranked teams right now in the Pac-12. We have Stanford and Oregon, who are both in the top ten, both in the top, top five. five. And then Washington. And Washington is a really good team. And if Washington beats Oregon, they're in the mix, too. You're, they almost beat Stanford. You're kind of killing your own there. But, okay, in the AP Top 25, Oregon's number two. Stanford's number five. UCLA is number 11. Oh, yeah. For- Washington's number 16. Yeah, four in the top 25. Arizona State just dropped out. They were 22 last week. Yeah, lost to Notre Dame. Okay, so those, there's the five right there. Quality so who's, football. So you're a team that's essentially just a few spots outside the top 25. I like it. And hopefully BYU's in the top 25. A lot of people are wondering if Utah's going to be that sixth team. I'm not really excited about the potential of playing Utah again. Of course I want a piece of those guys again. But I I don't know. I just think it'd be kind of stale in a bowl game. Really? Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't make you excited at all. I playing a team again. But it's Utah, and it's the last game of the year. 
It would be it would be more exciting than a regular game. I just don't think it has the same pizzazz as the regular season game. No sizzle. You take USC, Oregon State. It has Utah. sizzle. Just it's not. It, I'd rather play USC or Oregon State yeah. than I would Utah in a bowl game. You could very well see Arizona State in that game as well. Sure. I mean, it's all fluid. And you mentioned the divisions. It is all fluid. So we tie you back to our poll question of the day. When will BYU become bowl eligible? Channeling optimism, BYU Sports Nation. When will the Cougars become bowl eligible? Right now there is optimism. 63% say Boise State, meaning BYU is going to go 3-0 from here on out. Followed by Idaho State, then uh, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Nevada. That means BYU fans, if it's not Boise State, the rest are saying we're going to lose to Wisconsin. Yeah. And then beat Idaho State, and that's our seventh win, and we're 7-3 and three with two games left. Notre Dame, Nevada. We being the fans. <laughs> we being BYU Sports Nation. Keep weighing in on BYUTVSports.com. Topic three. Boom shakalaka. Gosh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this this year. I uh, Everyone's working hard, and there's, there's definitely a – a new energy and a new enthusiasm in, in practice, and, and guys are ready to go. Tyler Haas, junior guard, seventh in the country, talking about the season, but more importantly, talking about boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka! <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Next Friday, October 18th, BYU a Men's Basketball Showcase, live on BYU TV and in the Smithfield House. We'll talk about that in a second, but first, a couple of preseason awards for BYU guys. By the way, today is the third practice for BYU. They uh, have practiced Monday, Tuesday. Did not practice yesterday. They will practice today for the third time. Uh, preseason awards. Uh, junior guard Tyler Haas named the CollegeInsider.com Lute Olson Preseason All-American Award. It's uh, given to players that have had at least two seasons with their team. Tyler being a junior. Uh, and then there's like 20 guys on that team. So nice job by Tyler. And if you're not familiar with Lute Olson, great Head basketball coach, one of the greats at the University of Arizona. I'm not sure what he has to do with that preseason All-American team, but Tyler Haas is on it. And then freshman big man Eric Mika was named to the preseason All-High Major Freshman uh, of the Year. I don't really know what that pre-season means either, but it's cool. Preseason All-High Major Freshman of... That's a lot of words. Eric Mika is a good basketball player. That's what we're saying. Pretty much. He comes in with hype. Yeah, he has some, he has some serious hype. Dave Rose uh, included in that uh, during media day, saying his expectation is huge. Yes. So you have some good players, essentially, is what we're saying. But more importantly, let's, let's discuss Boom Shakalaka a little boom bit. Boom Shakalaka! Yes. <laughs> and if you didn't play NBA Jam in the 90s, you missed out, I'm telling you. I have, a, I have an increasing desire to go rent that game boom shakalaka! on some boom media shakalaka! platform. Yeah. <laughs> and just throw down a serious dunk. That's... I think by default, when Eric Mika dunks for the first time, that's what needs to come out of the commentator's mouth. Boom, shakalaka! Whoever whoever is commentating that game. It might be you. It might be you. You are, okay, Dave McCann is going to do the men's basketball play-by-play for us on BYU TV. He's going to be in Wisconsin at the pregame show. You are calling the Friday night, November 8th, opener for the season. Between BYU and Weber State. So when Eric Mika dunks, and he's going to dunk against Weber State, what are you going to say? Boom shakalaka! I hope, I hope that I have the opportunity. <laughs> I can, I can only, I can only, boom shakalaka! There's a I lot of, there's a lot of Marv it. Albert in that. Yeah. Boom shakalaka! Yeah. Yes! Yes! Eric Mika! <laughs> <laughs> now, if you haven't seen or know what the heck we're talking about, 
Let's let's uh, let's drop some knowledge here. Boom Shakalaka next Friday, October eighteenth, nine p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and in the Smithfield House. It's basically just an all-star weekend kind of deal. We're gonna have a three-point shootout. We're gonna have a skills competition and a dunk contest. Yesterday, we announced the field, meaning the participants in Boom Shakalaka. Okay, three-point shootout. I'm gonna give you the names. You tell me who's gonna win here. Nate Austin, Matt Carlino, Chase Fisher, Skylar Halford, Tyler Hawes, Anson Winder. Three-point contest? Yes. Chase Fisher. Agreed. Skills challenge. There, there will be teams with a men's basketball player, a women's basketball player, and a fan. Oh. Yeah. Teams led by Matt Carlino, Tyler Haas, Anson Winder, Luke Worthington. He doesn't fit into the dunk or three-point, so he's got to be in the skills. Hard to, hard to say Ooh. who wins that one. I'm going to go with Anson Winder. Okay. I'll go with Luke. The Anson Winder team. Okay. And then the dunk contest. Frank Bartley the fourth. Kyle Collinsworth, Eric Mika, Josh Sharp. Juicy! That, that is a fantastic lineup right there. But how do you go against the kid that won uh, an All-America high school dunk contest in Florida, Eric Mika? It's hard to. Because you did, I'll go with somebody else. Big Russia. Kyle okay. Collinsworth. Big Russia. And then... Uh, Eric Mika has like a 40-inch vertical, and he's 6'9". He's going to win. I'm going to go with Big Russia, though. Okay. Just it's it's going to be... F- just because he has a cool nickname? Sure. Uh, just No, just because you went with Mika and okay. for the sake of <laughs> discussion. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We've never done this kind of thing. We've never, ever done it. So it's going to be really cool. And uh, we hope that you at home participate. We'd love to get your tweets on the screen. We'd love to hear what you think and where you're watching and all that. So check it out next Friday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Boom shakalaka. One more time, baby. Boom shakalaka! Yeah, yeah, yes! Let's get to a couple of tweets very quickly before we go to break, Jerem. How about Jamal Williams' mom? Yeah, Nicole. Nicole, at UCLA Grad 90, at BYU Sports Nation. It will be after the Boise game when the Cougars are bowl eligible. Yes! We need Marv Albert. That's that's the next next, next hot button we uh need here. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's going to happen. Hey, coming up tomorrow, uh, Georgia Tech head football coach Paul Johnson will join the program. And uh, our quarterback, Factory Friday... Continues. You know who we've have on, on already? Steve Young, Ty Detmer, Robbie Bosco, Robbie Bosco, Gary Shidey, Gary Shidey, and tomorrow Virgil Carter. Oh yeah, led BYU to its first conference championship in 1965. Was actually kind of the guinea pig quarterback for one Bill Walsh with the Cleveland Browns back in the day. West Coast offense yeah. guinea pig that Virgil started Carter. in Ohio. The West Coast offense started in Ohio. That doesn't make any sense. But we'll talk to Virgil Carter tomorrow. Very Big cool Friday. stuff. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation next, Georgia Tech running back David Sims tells us what exactly the rambling wreck is and what he wants to do in it. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs. Tyler Haas. Thanks for the shout-out, my brother. Coming up, uh, or sorry, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, rather. <laughs> Where's my mind? What am I doing? Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, or you can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, we've already referenced one tweet, and we need a poll update as well, so let's go ahead and do that very quickly. Poll on BYUTVSports.com. After which game does BYU become bowl eligible this season? BYU's 3-2. and two. They need three more wins to become bowl eligible. The results say Boise State, 63%, followed by Idaho State, 
Wisconsin, Nevada, which is game 12. Yikes, 3%. And Notre Dame, 0%. I'm hoping that BYU doesn't have to beat Nevada to get bowl eligible. That means this season <laughs> went down the drain. It's very, very That's up and down. Um, uh, Paul Ryan, I hope I'm saying your name correctly, Paul. He said, in reference to Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka! He said, don't forget, <laughs> he's on fire! Yeah. That's also a good one. That That is. Isn't there something else that we're missing beside he's on fire and boom shakalaka? Oh! Didn't they do that right before he was about to dunk? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The buildup. <laughs> since they jumped like 30 <laughs> feet in the air. And I apologize if you're not familiar with video games in the 90s, but NBA Jam was just, it's, it's a cult classic, man. Number two 90s sports game to me. Behind Tecmo Bowl? Tecmo Super Bowl. Tecmo Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Hood, 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 hood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the music playing the whole time. My sisters used to get so angry at me when I would play that game because they were so annoyed by the music. <laughs> in the 90s. In the 90s. They were children of the 90s, and they didn't like the 90s music. Come well, on. They were children of the 80s. Oh, They're oh. all older sisters. Oh, okay. so. Yeah, the 80s is better. <laughs> oh, where are we going now, Jerem? How about to David Sims? Fifth-year senior running back for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. He now joins BYU Sports Nation. David, first of all, I want to know more about this unique offense with multiple backs. What is exactly that Georgia Tech runs? Uh, it's called a spread option offense. Um, you know, we have essentially three running backs on the field at, at a time. Um, it's based out of the wishbone, but instead we're spreading the guys out. David, you obviously didn't get the results you were looking for against Miami, uh, but you led 17-7 in the first quarter. Uh, you were there in the fourth quarter. What did you learn about your team, and how did you get better despite the loss against a very good Miami team? Uh, I learned that we can, we can be pretty good. Um, you know, prior to the previous game against Virginia Tech, we didn't play that well as an offense, as an offensive unit. And, um, we set out to try to start fast and you know, try to put some yards and some points up on the board, and I think we did that for the most part. Um, unfortunately, we, you know, we stalled a couple times and they scored. You know, but I feel like we, we're, we're very close to being, you know, where we want to be. You came to Georgia Tech as a quarterback. How have you made the transition to playing running back or B back? Uh, it's been a process. Um, you know, like I say, I came in playing quarterback, played quarterback, you know, since high school. Uh, coming in to, you know, getting hit as a player and learning how to block and, you know, learning all the different things running backs have to learn. It was a process, but I was up to the challenge, you know, and that's some good coaching to help me along the way. David Sims joining uh, BYU Sports Nation, Spencer Linton and Jeremy Jordan here. David, your team uh, has had a couple of tough losses, but what do you feel like a win over BYU would do for the team's confidence and furthering your hopes for uh, playing for an ACC championship potentially. Uh, I think it'll do wonders. Um, I, I don't think we're shaking as much as you know may, it may seem because we've been, like you said we've faced two really good opponents the last two weeks and you know we've been right there in both of those games. Uh, I think a win this Saturday would be pretty good for us and it'll help propel us to the next level and that, uh, put us at a good place in, at the halfway point of our season. Um, you know, last year around this time we were like two and four. We have a good chance to go four and two in that halfway mark. So, we're looking forward to that. Statistically, BYU probably had 
their best game of the year against uh, Georgia Tech in Atlanta last year. Are you remembering that game and using it as motivation to come into Provo? Uh, yeah, I, actually, yeah. Uh, um, like playing BYU last year, they came to our place. They beat us up front. They beat us outside. You know, they they, they were very physical. They handled us. Um, we just didn't play very well. But, you know, hats off to BYU. They played an extremely, extremely tough, competitive game. And, uh, you know, we're looking to show that we can, we can play just as well. Fifth-year senior running back David Sims joins us here on BYU Sports Nation. That was really the coming-out party for one of BYU's defensive ends, Ziggy Ansah, who ends up being the fifth pick in the draft. Uh, what do you remember about Ziggy's performance uh, in that game, and did it surprise you that that guy ended up fifth, the fifth pick in the draft? Uh, going into it, uh, Coach Johnson told us that we were going to go against a pretty good end. He said, you know, he was going to project this home way in the first second round. But, uh he proved to be the real deal. You know, he came down, you know, took me on the dive a couple of plays, you know, really, you know, really disrupted our offense, you know, and that's, that's kind of all, you know, coming from a defensive end in that type of position against our offense. And I think he did a pretty good job. And I think that being drafted so high was, was very justified. His pocketbook thanks you, David. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> David, can you explain for those that aren't familiar with uh, Georgia Tech's program what the Ramblin' Wreck is all about? Uh, the Ramblin' Wreck. The Ramblin' Wreck is actually an OT coupe. <laughs> OT coupe. <laughs> That's a car. Why they chose Ramblin' Wreck, I don't know. <laughs> why, you know. I don't know all that, but you know, it's, it's, it's a big tradition here, and it's something that a bunch of our students really cherish, and even though our old alumni, they still love watching and seeing the Ramblin' Wreck come out. So that I, I'm just I'm just picturing you and you and your crew rolling through at downtown Atlanta in the Rambling Wreck. Would that be <laughs> just the best thing ever? I think it would. I would love it. <laughs> if they would allow me to drive it, I would gladly take it anywhere in Atlanta. David Sims joining BYU Sports Nation. In watching your game, I noticed just the most curious thing. Your your coach calls the plays, and he does not have a play sheet. He calls it from memory. He tells a running back, and then that guy goes in. Tell us about that process and just how uh, crazy smart your head coach is. Uh, I think a lot of it comes from experience. Um, you know, going in, he knows he knows what he's expecting, how the game, see how he's expecting the game to go, and uh, even in his mind, he's making adjustments. Um, you know, he might send in the play because he wants to see how the defense reacts to it. And then he might call the play to counteract that and, you know, try to get the defense out of position. Uh, he's very smart. He's, he's very prepared as far as how he wants to attack a defense. And I think, you know, going into every week, we always have a good chance because he has a pretty good game plan. David, I know we talked about Ziggy Ansah. BYU has another projected first-round draft pick in Kyle Van Noy in that linebacking crew. What do you know about Kyle, What of, of his game, and specifically about BYU this year that you're preparing for now? Um, they're still very physical. You know, I, you know, I was lucky enough to catch a couple of their games this year and see a couple of their highlights, and they're still physical. Uh, you know, they had a couple of tough losses, but they, they're, they're still physical, and they're a very disciplined, they're a very disciplined bunch. Um, you know, we're going to have to come with our hard hats on, you know, and hopefully eliminate our mistakes and come ready to play. David, coming to play uh, at BYU, what um, what do you know about Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 4,500 feet of elevation and that kind of thing? Uh, I know the elevation is pretty high there. Um, I do know that for a fact. And, you know, I, I know the stadium is right on top of you, so it's going to be loud. 
I expect their fans to be, you know, pretty into it. And, you know, we need to come ready for a fight. If you think that you know which guys are on, uh, uh, you know, BYU's defense, they're going to be wearing tradition, spirit, and honor. Different guys are going to be wearing those names. So if you've memorized names, I'm sorry, it's out the window. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you're aware of this on Saturday. Oh, that's, that's fine. I, I, don't know, I don't know how they play. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> David Sims, very talented running back from Georgia Tech, joining us on BYU Sports Nation. David, thanks for the time, and uh, hopefully you do get a chance to uh, cruise around in the rambling wreck in Atlanta. I hope so, too. I thank you, guys. All right. We'll thanks, see you David. later this week. All right. Thank you. appreciate it. David Sims, Georgia Tech running back, giving us some great insight into the Yellow Jacket offense, how it operates, and, of course, the rambling wreck. Who doesn't want to drive that car? That would be awesome. I mean, that thing is epic. I don't, I don't like to use the word epic a lot, but that thing is awesome. Yeah, that is, a, that is kind of the symbol of their program. What's the symbol of BYU's program? That's a good question. The Y on the mountain? The Y on the mountain. That's a really good one. That's unique. I, I think just a quarterback passing the ball. Okay. Whether it's McMahon or Young or Detmer, just iconic. You know, like the NBA logo guys. with Jerry West. Yes, we need like who would the, BYU, we need like that's the outline. a good poll question one day. Yeah, who who, who would, would be BYU's Jerry West? BYU logo Jerry their West. Logo with the stretch Y with just the outline of a of quarterback a throwing a ball. Although the linebacker discussion yesterday would argue that it should be a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, I don't, or a tight end. I don't know. A linebacker just doesn't signify football like a quarterback throwing a ball, though. Oh, don't tell that to a linebacker. Uh, oh, not, my hey, goodness. Hey, You're going to hey, get hey. Terry Tate office linebackers going to crush you <laughs> in a minute. I love that guy. Yeah. Let's get to some tweets. At FRUIS801. He says, call me a homer. You're a homer. But I think BYU easily handles its next, he says, four games. I think he means three games. In reference to the poll question is, after what game does BYU become bowl eligible? I'm with him. I think BYU goes 3-0. I think they beat Georgia Tech, Houston, and Boise State. Okay, we go to at King Ranch 51, Georgia Tech. And now we go. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, at Laser Sheep. Wait, wait, Georgia Tech. Yeah, they, that doesn't make sense. They become bowl eligible. That is impossible. <laughs> That's a, For a second, I was like, wait a, wait a second. Uh, what? At Laser Sheep. <laughs> Bowl eligible after they upset the the badges. Jamal Williams will have five touchdown runs by then. Okay. Not so, five touchdown runs in that game, but just So that overall. means BYU loses one of their next three. BYU wins three of the next four. Okay. My, my, Would you rather become bowl eligible after Wisconsin, but that means you lose one of the next three? No. I would, I would rather beat and lo- the, the next three opponents. I don't even want to, I'm not going to prognosticate a loss. loss. I just, I just can't do that. I cannot do that. How about your boy, Sam Farnsworth? Sam Farnsworth, listening in Colorado Springs, very talented anchor uh, over there at CBS, the CBS affiliate, KKTV. Sam, what's up, my friend? Uh, we appreciate the tweets. He says uh, a couple of things. Too much is made of being bowl eligible these days in a diluted system. It's not going to a bowl game, but which bowl game. It's hard to celebrate six to nine win seasons anymore when expectations are so high. And he means from year to year, because BYU, you know the bowl game BYU is going to two years in advance. Although next year we don't. We know 2015 is the point bowl. Sam and I worked in Grand Junction, Colorado together. 
uh, for about three years, not at the same station, at competing stations. So in a way, we were rivals, but but really, we were just good buddies. He's a BYU grad, yeah, right? Yeah, and yep. uh, I, I met him at KSL in Salt Lake City. We've had this discussion before, and he brings up a great point. Now, BYU wants to succeed at the highest of levels. Bronco Mendenhall has made that very clear. He wants to be a national powerhouse, and a lot of that rides on which bowl game you play in. If you make the national playoff at some point in the future, then you get some national relevance. By the way, uh, ESPN earlier this week, Brett McMurphy tweeted that the 13-member committee, uh, committee is going to be announced in the next few days. Who's going to be on that committee to, to determine the 14 playoff? That's a big deal. I'm excited to find out who's on that committee. Are the 13 that are going to be on that committee excited about it, though? <laughs> they better be, because the scru- their job's to watch college football. The they better not the scrutiny have much that, else going on. The scrutiny that goes along with it. It won't be as crazy as the NCAA basketball tournament and deciding who are the last teams that get in, but you know, picking a top four, that's, that's tough. Here's all I want. I want to know what they're discussing. I want to hear the conversation. I want to know what arguments were made. We'll, we'll dive into that later, when... Probably in the off season, but once that committee is is given, how many conferences are represented? Is there an independent reference? It, like, there's so many questions that go with that. But that so, 14 playoff will be interesting. Yeah, really, so many factors. Uh, very quickly, thanks to Sam Farns for chiming in and, and creating some some interesting conversation there. And uh, Jeremy, I know you touched lightly when we first started BYU Sports Nation on the fact that BYU may or may not have a tie-in to play in a bigger, better bowl game if they have a really successful season. I know that's kind of murky. Yeah, it's called an accelerator clause. And so BYU is going to the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl unless they have, and we don't know the details, I'm just going to guess 9 or 10 or 11 wins, but they're not a BCS team. If they're somewhere in the, not in the middle, but the upper tier of college football, let's say BYU wins out, the possibility exists that BYU goes to a different bowl game. But unless BYU does that, they're going to the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl should they become bowl eligible. They only need to win two of the next, three of the next seven to do that. Not hard. That, that's going to happen. Yeah. Again, they, they will be bowl eligible. Uh, finally, last tweet before we move on, at Laser Sheep. Again, here's a stat. The Cougars have an 8-0 record in games that I have attended since 2006. Keep coming. I will be there Saturday. Win. Very right. nice. At Laser Sheep, who's competing with at FRUIS801 for BYU Sports Nation number one fan. Both oh. are super fans. Yes. We have a number of super fans, and we appreciate that. Thanks for the tweets. Keep them coming. At BYU Sports Nation, and then follow us on Twitter to get all the latest. Okay, Jerem. Time to find out. Uh, well, actually, up next, we will understand the foes a little bit better. Where BYU's opponents stand in the rankings, if they're in the rankings at all, and their win-loss records. We know the foes, and also we roll out our new game. Big deal or no deal. We hit on all of the hot topics within Cougar football. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. It is a Thursday, October 10th. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Spencer Linton. From Clinton. From Clinton, that's right. Saturday, we've got you covered for BYU's homecoming game against the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starts at 5 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern is BYU TV's countdown to kickoff. It's the most well-produced show you've ever seen. 
I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I produce that, and yeah, whatever. The game's at 7 Eastern on ESPNU and BYU Radio. Listen and watch post-game coverage on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Nothing I love better than high-quality television, Jerem. And you bring it, man. We have an army of awesome people, I just have to say that, that do a really nice job. It's time to whip out the John Gruden. That's awesome, That's man. That's awesome, man. Again, tomorrow, Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson will join the program, as well as one of the legendary quarterbacks at BYU, the first, Virgil Carter. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I like that dude. Yeah, John. <laughs> I trust that dude. Thanks, Taysom. Thank you, Taysom Hill. Very quickly, some poll results from today's poll question on BYUtvsports.com. After which game does BYU become, bo- wait, really quickly or just normal speed? Uh, you can go normal speed. Oh, okay. I'll allow it. After which game does BYU become bowl eligible this year? So far, Boise State rising 66%, followed by Idaho State, then Wisconsin, Nevada, Notre Dame. It's time we unveil a new segment here on BYU Sports Nation, and in it... We discuss all the current hot topics within BYU Cougar football and discuss whether they're a big deal or no deal. Big deal. No deal. (laughs) That's a fantastic intro, isn't it? Okay, we're going to ask each other questions uh, and uh, get responses here. Okay. Jerem. Okay, go ahead. Only six sacks from the defense in five games. Big deal or no deal? No deal. I say no deal because the defense has still been good enough to win games. Sacks are overrated right now on this BYU defense because they're doing it in other ways. Pass breakups, uh, quarterback hurries. Uh, they they got an in, three turnovers last game against Utah State. Interceptions, uh, turnovers on downs. So I don't buy into that only six sacks from the defense is that big a deal. Points allowed is a big deal. Right, So BYU is doing a good job at that. However, I'm going to say that's a big deal. Because if BYU had had a little bit more against Virginia and Utah, Virginia turnover turns the tide. But against Utah, you're maybe 4-1. and one. You're maybe 4-1 and one if you have a couple more sacks. So I'm going to say big deal. The BYU defense can turn in a few more. Okay, Jerem. Big deal. No deal. Zero touchdowns from Cody Hoffman and Jamal Williams combined. Big deal. They're your, your, your two best playmakers on offense, uh, aside from Taysom Hill, who's going to touch the ball every time. You need touchdowns from those guys. Kyle Van Noy has one, and Cody Hoppin and Jamal Williams have zero. Now, if Jamal Williams had played against Middle Tennessee, he's going to score in that game. Michael Lisa scored two touchdowns that would have been Jamal Williams' touchdowns, I think. And then Cody Hoppin missed the Virginia game with a hamstring, missed the Middle Tennessee game with suspension. He would have scored in those. But the fact that in the games they play, they haven't scored, that's a big deal. I love... I love contradiction, but I have to agree with you on this one. It is a big deal that Cody Hoffman is not more involved in the offense and has not scored a touchdown. I know he's been out two games, but he is such an important cog in the offense. You want to see that guy in the end zone. He scored five touchdowns in a game last year. Granted, it was against New Mexico State, but still, BYU record five touchdowns in a game. He does not have one this season. That's a big deal, and I think that's going to change in a hurry. Big deal. No deal. Okay, Spencer, four different starting lineups on the offensive line in five games, and might be five uh, in six if Terrence Aletto doesn't play this Saturday. Big deal or no deal? Uh, I lean towards no deal, and here's why. The offense, go fast, go hard, is built on rotating a lot of different offensive linemen. 
and they want to get rotations for the young guys, young players, I'm okay with them mixing it up. Uh, they've they've still been in position to win every game that they've played, and so I'm going to lean towards more of a no deal than big deal on that. This is a big deal to me. I think BYU would have had more offensive continuity in their losses and even in the wins if they had the same kind of offensive line from week to week. Now, some of this is due to injury, and that's different. But it's still a different offensive line. And you're throwing in freshmen in there who are talented, but it just takes a little while to kind of figure it out as a group. So BYU has won three of their five games, but I think if they had more offensive line cohesion, they could be 5-0. and Again, to that, if you had had a little more of this thing, maybe that means, that's kind of a stretch, but maybe you would be 5-0. and So I say, I say big deal on that one. Big deal. No deal. A minus five turnover margin for BYU football. No deal. Because that's looking at the season as a whole. It's from game to game. BYU was minus four in the middle Tennessee game. So they would be positive if, if they had played a normal turnover game against middle Tennessee. So I don't think that's a big deal. I think it's bigger from game to game and how that game is decided and how turnovers fare into that game. No deal. You look at the BYU-Utah game, there was one turnover, and it happened really late, and it was almost, you know, as uninfluential. On a word. fourth down. Yeah, it didn't really matter. I mean, Utah would have been better off dropping that pass because they'd have gotten better field position. Uh, so I I don't – I'm with you on that. I, I buy into the it's, – it's more crucial on a game-to-game basis. However, I will say this. If BYU wins the turnover battle against Utah – and they come down with one of those interceptions, one of those tip passes, then, yeah, it, it becomes a huge deal, but on a game-to-game basis. So for the minus five over the season, yeah, I, I don't mind that because Middle Tennessee was an aberration. Big deal. No deal. Taysom Hill's 43% completion percentage. Big deal or no deal, Jaron? I say no deal because the last two games it's been 62 uh, it is concerning that BYU, I repeat, BYU's quarterback is passing at 43% uh, completion percentage, but uh, the last two games have been good. So I say no deal. I say no deal. 43% yes, but what have you done for me lately? And the past two games, it's been pretty darn good. Like you said, 31 of 50, 62%. Uh, he's passed for nearly 300 yards in his last game against Utah State and three touchdown passes with one interception that really shouldn't have been an interception. It should, probably should have been a fourth touchdown pass, and that would have put Cody Hoffman in the end zone for the first time this season. But, you know, it doesn't really matter now. Taysom Hill is getting better, and that is the real big deal is that he's getting better. Big deal. No deal. And finally... Future schedules. BYU has uh, the last game in November reserved for uh, the last home game. Looking at the next few years. Savannah State, uh, Fresno State, Uh, then 2017, uh, not sure in November yet, but you have uh, USC and Stanford in the mix there. BYU's not holding it for Utah way out in the future. Big deal or no deal? I say no deal. If if they were in the same conference, then yeah, it, it would be a big deal. But they're not in the same conference anymore. The fact that BYU and Utah are playing at all in the future is good enough for me. That's satisfactory. Yeah, the later in the season it gets, it, it becomes more compelling. And uh, if you have a bad season but play Utah the final game and beat Utah, if you're BYU, then, then 
you put a positive spin on your season. And the same goes for Utah. Utah has a season, but then they beat BYU in the final game. Yeah, it puts a positive twist on it, but not enough for me to say that that's a big deal. I'm okay. I'm with you. I say no deal. I say it's awesome to play USC and Stanford at the end of the year, Thanksgiving weekend. It's like a bowl game before a bowl game. I love it. I love it. And if it's not Utah, that's fine. Since BYU's played a couple of these, I just got used to it, and I don't really care. So no deal. Okay, that wraps up Big Deal, No Deal. We'll do it again in the future. That was fun. Coming Coming up, up, the Cougar Whip Around, plus today's Rise and Shout, and Joe Parkinson of the men's golf team discusses being named WCC Men's Golfer of the Month. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Women's Volleyball. The 24th-ranked volleyball team hosts Santa Clara tonight, 9 Eastern. The Cougars lead the WCC with a 5-0 record. Watch it live on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio tonight. Spencer Linton on the call. Soccer. The women's team begins West Coast Conference play at San Francisco tomorrow. BYU coming off an enormous victory in their final non-conference match against then 20th ranked Baylor. And our Thursday rise and shout. We hit the links with BYU Golf. Joe Parkinson named West Coast Conference Men's Golf Golfer uh, Player of the Month for September. The sophomore from Alpine joins us now on BYU Sports Nation. Now, Joe, Spencer's a pretty good golfer. He lived in Palm Springs no, for a I'm while. No, I'm, I'm terrible. Not. What's it like to get in the zone and just play super well on the links? Um, you know, it's a, it's a completely different mindset for me. You know, when I'm just out here with the golf team um, and then to, compared when we're playing in our events, it's a, for me, it's a completely different mindset. Um, just the focus, the mentality is, is much different because just the competition in college is so much uh, tougher, and you know there's so many good good teams and so many good players. It's just uh, um, you know after each round, I'm I'm usually mentally tired because I'm trying to focus so hard out there, and um, you know just because every shot is just a grind. You just I mean you can just never I mean you can uh, you just can't ever give up because um, your team is expecting you. Uh, to play good, and we're expecting our teammates to play good. So it's just a grind every every step of the day throughout uh, throughout our matches. That's what makes college golf so great is the team aspect. Uh, and Jaron mentioned that I lived in Palm Springs, the area, Palm Desert, California, familiar with the Southern California Desert. I covered a prestigious college golf tournament called the Prestige at PGA West. And, Joe, you might know about that tournament, but I, I completely agree with you. It seems like an absolute grind and so when you say I'm mentally tired after the match I'm not surprised what do you do to recuperate and get yourself set after a tough day of golf like that um you know it's really just uh I mean to prepare yourself for the next day for me it's just uh you know getting a good night's rest and making sure you I mean you I mean you get some proper food in you and but it's just all about um, the food man all about the food yeah yeah most definitely can't, can't be throwing any junk food in there gotta be eating healthy that's for sure but um you know just uh preparing yourself um you know just making sure you go to bed on time and i think giving yourself enough time in the morning um for me if i usually wake up late on a tournament day i feel rushed 
uh, that entire morning getting ready until I tee off, and, and I hate that. It kind of throws my routine off. Um, so for me, usually uh, the day of the tournament, I like to prepare myself and wake up early, give myself enough time to uh, you know eat, stretch a little bit, and make sure I have plenty of time to warm up uh, before we actually tee off. Well, apparently you've been waking up on time and eating healthy because your game has been off the charts good lately. And uh, final question, yeah. Joe. Lo- Lavelle Edwards said if he could go back and do it again, he would have gone as a, a kicker or played on the golf team as, <laughs> as the, the best way to go to college. <laughs> Agree or disagree? I'm sorry, what was that? Would you, would you rather be uh, on the football team and getting beat up and maybe play or be on the golf team? Oh, most definitely the golf team. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Well, best of luck. Uh, It looks like your next uh, competition is the McKenzie Invitational on on October 14th and 15th in Sonoma, California. We wish you luck. Hey, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, Joe. Joe Parkinson of the men's uh, volleyball, men's golf team, the men's golfer of the month in the WCC. He's got a BYU family pedigree. Dad played golf, BYU in the 70s. Sister played tennis at BYU. Another sister played, or played, competed in gymnastics at BYU. There you go. So I'm guessing his family was okay with him going to BYU. Yeah. You use tough and golf in the same sentence. I have major issues with that. Come on. What's tough about playing golf? You're on a scholarship and you're playing golf? Sweet. You're really going to go there, Jerem? That's probably a discussion for another day. The mental battle involved in that game is... Unreal. Oh, I played golf today. It was so hard. Says the guy that wants to play golf all the time now, Jerry. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go play golf. It's not tough. Okay, we have some time very quickly. I know I promised that we were going to get to BYU's Know the Foes, so we're going to do this like in 60 seconds. Uh, they opened up against Virginia. That loss is looking worse and worse after they fall to Boise, uh, Ball State 48-27. Somewhere, David Letterman is rejoicing. Then we go to Texas. The Longhorns 3-2 and after eking out a 31-30 win at Iowa State. They will host Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. Middle Tennessee, they're at North Texas. This week, uh, Utah State hosts Boise State. Huge game there. Georgia Tech, of course, playing BYU at Houston. Now, this is the interesting one. They have a bye. Their starting quarterback at the beginning of the year, concussion, too many of them, he's, he's done. So he's they have done. A, they have a true freshman quarterback that's pretty good, uh, and they will host Memphis. They're, they haven't played anybody. Two, two weeks. But the fact that they're going to be undefeated as BYU goes into Reliance Stadium, that's, that's I like a it. pretty cool situation. Well, if, yeah, yeah, they're on a bye. You're right. Okay, and here we go. Boise State three and two. They're coming off a bye again at Utah State. Wisconsin hosting number nineteen Northwestern. For me, that's one of the games of the week. Uh, Wisconsin and Northwestern. We skipped right over the team up north. Utah has a showdown with this team that you may have heard of, Stanford. Uh, I'm guessing that the Utes are really, really prepping hard for that one because uh, I don't know if they'll play a better team all year. Idaho State lost to North Dakota twenty eight twenty five. They're two and three. Notre Dame four and two. Coming, uh, they have a bye this week after a win over Arizona State, and Nevada lost to San Diego State 51-44, so the Wolfpack are 3-3. Three and three. Again, tomorrow, Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson and uh, Virgil Carter, one of the uh, BYU quarterback greats, he'll join the show as well. Big thanks to our guests David Sims, Joe Parkinson, and everyone on our staff. Producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, BYU radio station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Can we get a boom shakalaka one more time? Boom shakalaka! Uh, very quickly, it's Super Tecmo Bowl, Jerem, not Tecmo Super Bowl, so we failed on that. I've failed my whole life on that name then. Super 
Tech Mobile. Thanks for the shout out on Twitter for that. That correction from Trevor at FLG underscore T on Twitter. Check out archived episodes of the show. On no, the- it's Tecmo Super Bowl. Are you sure it's not yes. Super Tech Mobile? It's Tecmo Super Bowl. Tecmo Super Bowl. Super Tech Mobile. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, that said, check out BYU Radio YouTube channel every afternoon for more archive shows. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation.